0: How much has Marceline changed from when you were growing up until now? Like the uptown atmosphere.
1: Really, I didn't grow up here. Uh, I came to Marceline in 1947. I grew up in Salisbury, a town about 30 miles south of here. When we came to Marceline, there was already talk about the railroad moving its terminal out of here, which was scary because a lot of people made their living from the railroad. Maybe we ought to back up just a minute and say something briefly about um, why Marceline was born. Would that be okay? Um, the railroad was wanting to set rails between Chicago and Kansas City. So the surveyors found that in this part of the country, between Chicago and Kansas City, there was only prairie very few farmers and their families settled in this area. So it was wide open for such a undertaking. So um, they sent their surveyors out and uh, started buying up land, and that was, we're talking 1988, excuse me, 1888. So it was not hard to buy the land then because there was very much available. So word got out that that there was going to be a terminal in Marsa in a terminal in this area, and so that's how the the town was born out of necessity.
0: Okay. Do you remember any of the when you came? Do you remember any of like what the stores were? And uh,
1: really, the stores were very much like they are today. We've lost some businesses, of course, as all small towns have. And when the railroad left Marceline, which was after I came, not sure of the year, but uh, about maybe in the 50s or 60s, they gradually pulled out a few workers and then gradually the trains began not stopping. And so that was detrimental to all the businesses. And so when we had three drug stores and, and four or five grocery stores, all of that began to dwindle.
0: Do you know any histories of like the buildings like this one? Or?
1: I know that this building was um, built for the Odd Fellows. It was a lodge. Lodges were very important in yesteryear because that was a social life. The church and the lodge was the social life of uh, a small town. So the downstairs of this building was um, built to rent out and the meetings were held also. So, this building had been the Oddfellows building for, let me check when it was built. on the cornerstone. 1950. So, uh, in this building had been a lot of things. The rental part, the downstairs part, had been a grocery store, a pool hall, a tavern, All kinds of things. And then, um, eleven years ago, we had a town meeting and a group uh, who came around trying to show small towns what they could do to revive themselves or hold their own, came and we had a lot of young people that came also to that meeting. And everybody sort of voiced what they thought the town needed. The young people thought they definitely needed a youth center. So, this building was purchased by the Marsling Economic Development from the Odd Fellows. And um, to make it um, pay for itself and accommodate the youth, this had to be rented. And I've always liked antiques, and I thought, well, why don't we just have an antique store because Marceline didn't have one. So I contacted five or six other people who thought it was a good idea and wanted to be in here with their antiques. So we ended up as a mall. And um, since we've, we've been here 11 years, and since we've had it, we've, uh, we've been able to maintain the building. Um, a percentage of what we make goes for that purpose. We have re-roofed it, and we've done all kinds of improvements. Um, the youth do not use it regularly. They did for a few years, but they do not use it regularly, but it's available when they want it. And the Boy Scouts use it, the Girl Scouts, and various organizations from time to time. So that's the history of this building. The Uh, the building, the old hotel, which is on the corner, uh, was a hotel for uh, mostly railroaders and um, it has about 20 rooms in it. It was built about the same time. Um, Still when you go up there today, the rooms are all vacant now, but there are huge ropes Uh, tied to the floor with a big, big um, steel something, and there was no fire escapes, and so the rope had to be thrown out the window. Every room did have a window, and you climbed down the rope if there was a fire, so luckily I guess there was never a serious one, but anyway (laughs) the ropes are still there. I thought that was interesting. yeah. yeah.
0: What about the coal mining?
1: The coal mining came along. Uh, right after Marceline became a town, because the trains needed fuel. And um, and luckily, and I'm sure the surveyors looked into that before they decided to have a terminal here. Uh, luckily, we had good coal veins, and we're told that there are still coal veins today. Hi! Can you set that up? Mm-hmm. Where were we?
0: The coal mining.
1: The coal mining. Uh, and, and people today say there are still well, coal veins here, mm-hmm. but of course there's no further need for them, but coal mining was—they were—the people who were coal miners didn't make the same amount of money as the railroaders, but it was a very good-paying job, however, it was of course uh, detrimental to their health too, as a lot of people ended up with black lung,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but uh, we know where the sites were for the coal mines.
0: Um. Do you know anything about the tornado that came through, it tore up the um, cable tower? Uh,
1: yes, it came from the west and it, it um, really abused some homes on Lake Street and in the southwest part of town. Uh, I was not directly involved in it, but it was very severe.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go on to Walt Disney now? I okay. Can't. <laughs> okay. Um, what are some unique stories about Walt Disney that like nobody really, they know, but they don't, you know, it's not as talked about as some of the other ones? Okay. Um, well, here from.
1: Uh Walt Disney happened to come to Marceline because he lived in Chicago with his family. Um, his dad was in business in Chicago, but they soon found out that it was no place to raise their family. Uncle, they had an uncle Robert who was Walt Disney's uncle, brother to his father Elias, uh, had a farm here, and he suggested, "Why don't you come to Marceline and live?" So they packed up their belongings and. Walt Disney always said that the reason Marceline impressed him so was that it was such a contrast to where he had been in Chicago. When he stepped off of the train, uh, his surroundings were so different, and then living on the farm, and he says the characters that he produced came from the farm animals that he saw. Uh, and always says that more things of importance happened to him and Marceline than have happened to him since, than have happened to him since. Um, Elias, Walt's father Elias was very strict and stern and I guess not a good businessman because um, he failed at farming here also. and. Um, and then he went to Kansas City and um, didn't do well there, and eventually ended up in Cal ended up in California. So he he didn't seem to be very personable, nor could he make a good living for his family. Um, Walt cried the day he left Marceline because he absolutely loved it here, and he was only here like four years. His two brothers. His older brothers had left—had run away from home, in fact, because they worked hard on the farm trying to help their dad. And um, they ran away because the money didn't come in as Elias thought it would, and they didn't get paid for their work, so they left uh, in the middle of the night on a train. So that only left Walt and Ruth, his sister Ruth, here. And then eventually they had to pack up and leave. Walt has a real strong remembrance of um, the Allen Hotel, which you just asked me about, because there was a big restaurant there, and on Sunday they did go there to eat. And his first pair of bib overalls was bought there. So that's included on the tour that we give today, we tell people that. then they went to Kansas City, Walt went to Kansas City and uh, with his family and there he started carrying newspapers and doing everything, anything he could for money and eventually he went into the armed services. So um, that was sort of his time in Kansas City. In the um, 50s, the city council here wrote a letter to Walt Disney asking him to return to Marceline. And he very readily accepted. So that was in 56. Um, There was no, we didn't have a motel in 56 in Marceline. So there was no place for him to stay. And luckily for us, we had just built a house that had air conditioning and ample bedrooms. So the council asked us if they could stay in our house. So of course they could. (laughs) We were so excited. very nervous also, thinking, you know, that they were such important people that we wouldn't be able to talk to them and all that stuff. But they were just wonderful. Walt came, brought his wife Lily, and his brother Roy came and bought his, brought his wife Edna. So the four of them stayed in our house, and we hired a um, the chef on the Santa Fe at the time, who was a black man, and he came to the house and cooked. So. We just we were just first name basis with them. We were just, just and then Rush made about a dozen trips to uh, Anaheim to visit with Walt. Walt, the very first trip when he came back here, he went back out to his boyhood home, and he said, "I I want to restore this as it was when I lived here, thinking the day would come when children in the Midwest would not know what a." Midwest farm was like with the chickens and the pigs and the little mm-hmm. farm, the ordinary animals. And of course he's right, it has come to pass. So uh, he asked us to buy the farm because he knew that if Walt Disney wanted to buy the farm, the price would soar. So after Walt left, we just bought it. and um, But we told Don Taylor, the man that we bought it from, what was expected. To, to happen and, um, and Don was very pleased about that, it didn't. he was real tickled. So uh, that was in the making all these years. Rush made about a dozen trips out to um, uh, Anaheim along with some of the city council, but Rush was always the liaison and we have numerous telegrams and letters and Christmas cards signed by Walt Disney because we really became good friends. So he he did not want a theme park as such like we see in Orlando and and Anaheim, he just wanted the farm with, uh, he wanted it to be educational. So because he wanted that, that's what's being pursued today, to keep his legacy alive that he wanted to happen in Marceline, one of the things. Uh, Walt, We have a telegram from Walt that said, Unable to keep my appointment in Marceline because of a cough that I can't seem to shake. I've been to. I have been to England and caught this cold, and I can't seem to shake this cough. So later we we knew that it was the beginning of his lung cancer. He was a heavy smoker, really heavy. Uh, Walt was um, a dreamer. Everybody knew that, which is what caused all the wonderful things he did to happen. His brother Roy was the money man. So Roy would try to come up with the funds to develop Walt Disney's dreams, which were many. And Rush tells that when he went to Anaheim, they would always have uh, lunch in the restaurant where all the workers there in the Disney studio went, and Walt and Roy had their own table. And one of them would walk Rush to the car when the meeting was over. And if Walt walked Rush to the car, he would say, now this is the way to handle my brother Roy. He's kind of tight with the purse strings, but if you work it this way, and if you say this, I think he'll find the money. And if he walked to the car with Roy, Roy would say, now Rush, you kind of got to take Walt with a grain of salt, because he's a dreamer. And he'll, he'll come up with some ideas that there's no way they would happen. So we always laughed about that and that was exactly their personality. Yes. And Walt and Roy didn't always get along because um, there were some real drifts between them because of Walt plunging into something that Roy didn't think would work. And not everything Walt did was successful. He did mm-hmm. some, uh, during the war he had some investments that, that fell flat. So then of course um, the Disneyland thing came along, the idea and um, that was still when we were making all of our visits back and forth. Uh, Of course we were just a small uh, thing to think about because he had Disneyland going and lots of other things but he still never gave up on this and the plans were always rolled up and under his first drawer on the desk so when Rush would get there they would that's where they'd pull them out and and lay them out. He came back of course twice to dedicate the swimming pool and the Walt Disney School and we all know that he gave uh, nice generous playground equipment and murals and so forth for the school. However, Marceline never did get any big amount of money Um, and today the Disney family says Marceline has their blessings, that everything Marceline has ever done it was in good taste and they have, we have their blessings, but no money has ever come through. Uh, Ruth Disney, his sister, her son Ted and Carolyn have been here several times and they say that any of the memorabilia that Ruth has will come here to our museum, which of course will be in the depot. Mm-hmm. and. Um, After the Orlando project started was when Walt became really ill. So the reason the Marceline project didn't develop at that time was because Orlando was so big and so vast that even Roy kind of forgot about Marceline. And then Walt became sick and um, even though his plans, they tell us that in the hospital when he was dying. He was looking at the ceiling tile and still planning Marceline along with Orlando. But uh, his untimely death, of course, caused nothing to happen in Marceline at the time. So in about five years, um, Roy Disney called Rush and asked him to buy the farm back, that they didn't see that anything would ever happen. And frankly, we didn't either after Walt died, because he was the dreamer and had the idea, so we kind of gave up too. Uh, meanwhile, Walt gave Kay a job in Disneyland uh, well, during all these transactions. Hi. Hi. So, the important dates uh, about Walt Disney are these. He was born in Chicago in 1901, in 1906 he moved to Marceline. In the fall he attended first grade at Park School in Marceline, summer of it of 1911, he moved to Kansas City, Missouri. Then, July the 4th, 1956, he returned to Marceline to dedicate Walt Disney Park and swimming pool. And on October the 16th, 1960, he returned to Marceline to dedicate Walt Disney Elementary School. Then, July the 4th, 1966, he gave Disneyland's Midget Autopia Ride to Marceline. And that was the first ride to ever retire from Marceline. And, um, in fact, they're going to, it will give Marceline a lot of publicity. They're going to have a yesteryear kind of a land at Disneyland. And they asked for one of the rides back. And it's going to be in this area that's going to be old rides and Mm -hmm. memorabilia. So Marceline will be represented there. Then uh, December the 15th, 1966, Walt Disney died, and then in 68, Walt Disney U.S. postage stamp was issued here at the post office in Marceline, and on that day, uh, Lily came of course, Walt's wife, and Roy and Edna, and all of Walt's grandchildren and his two daughters. By now, only one of the daughters is living, Sharon died. And when we had the bus dedication of famous Missourians in Jefferson City, several years ago, probably five years ago, uh, Diane came and brought several of the grandchildren. And the Marceline tour guides and ambassadors put on a really cute skit Mm -hmm. in costume for that. And uh, Diane told the group that, she grew up thinking that Walt Disney spent, that her dad spent all of his young years in Marceline because that's all he ever talked about. So that was a nice
0: company. Mm-hmm.
1: So then after the farm was purchased back there was not a lot of correspondence. Uh, we, we had some good friends we had made there uh, that were part of the Rep Law, that was Walt. Walter spelled backwards, and Rush was a part of that organization, and so the people that belonged to that we kept in contact with. They later retired and um, died. The reason we just happened to be the youngest people on the council at the time is how we've outlived everybody. But anyway, now that things are are looking up again, uh, we, we really feel strongly that we will live to see something happen in Marceline. And and really, it's Marceline's only hope. Uh, you see, you see, small towns all around you dying daily, and um, Marceline, luckily, has held its own. I mean, the people have really bonded together and and have tried to keep it on the surviving list. And people who've lived here and come back say, well, if it's dying, it doesn't look like it. And so that's a nice compliment to hear, mm-hmm. and that's because townspeople keep their places up, and and basically everybody's behind something happening here, and and you know we'll never be an an Orlando or uh, Anaheim or Tokyo or Paris kind of a theme park, but we just we just need to keep Walt Disney's childhood legacy alive with some. To retain our small town atmosphere, but still not
0: die—that's yeah. the hope. Mm-hmm. So, what is the history of Walt Disney's boyhood? His mm-hmm. where Caleb, isn't it? Where lives. Yes. Okay. Well, um,
1: it was a four-room frame white house, and that. That part is still intact within the house. Mm -hmm. I mean, they built around it, but those rooms are exactly like they were when he lived here. Mm -hmm. Um, Nettie Boley grew up, she was a Yoakum, and she lives here in Marceline, and she grew up in um, that house before Walt Disney lived there. So I don't know exactly when it was built, but probably... um, well, it had to be prior to when Walt Disney came in 1901, but uh, it wasn't a very new house, so it probably was built 1880, something like that.
0: It mm-hmm. is that. It's where 20 it acres. That's where his farm that he. Made. Right.
1: So that it, it, it was 20, 20 acres. Yeah. There. And in in that time, people could make a living on 20 acres, mm-hmm. uh, mostly because they raised their food and their animals to eat and so forth. They had an orchard there, which um, they did sell a lot of apples and Mrs. Disney was very famous for her apple pies. She was a very endearing, uh, kind lady according to all the reports.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And Kay does live there now. Yeah.
0: I don't have anything else, so if you have anything to add.
1: Okay, well I think we covered pretty well on Walt Disney kind of where mm-hmm. we wanted to, um, um, the depot uh, will be restored and um, we're working with grants so it's very, very slow <laughs> and just when we think we have all the paperwork in, then they come up with another. Mm-hmm. Three weeks ago they said we didn't have the appraisal in and, and in the two years and three months that we have known that we had the grant for 450000 which should take care of the outside of it. No one ever said anything about an appraisal so um, that had to be done by a qualified appraiser which cost $2,500 that was just a few weeks ago so the expenses are going on and we have yet yet to get our first grant money but it will come, it will will happen and that will be a combination Walt Disney and Santa Fe Museum which will be of interest to a lot of people. Mm So perhaps this feasibility study that we that they're doing, and they're not just looking at Marslene, but they started in Kansas City, and and they're they're looking at uh, the countryside within 150 miles radius mm-hmm. to see what would work here and what wouldn't. And that um, most states now have a living farm, a living history farm, they call it. We went to one in Des Moines last fall and uh, it was excellent it shows farming from the Indians to the present day mm-hmm. very very excellent and that would be something Walt Disney would have approved of mm-hmm. because he wanted people he, he liked he liked anything that was educational and connected through the farm and so that would be we know he would like that
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so that's about all I know If you want these papers.